Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Welcome to the Law and Blockchain Podcast, hosted by Amy Wan, CEO of SageWise, a safety net for smart contracts and consultant for Security Token Academy. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Law and uh, Blockchain Conference. This is your host, Amy Wan, and I have a very interesting guest here this week. Her name is Pamela Morgan, and she knows everything there is to know. In fact, she's even written a book around crypto asset inheritance and estate planning. So um, Pamela, thanks for having, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. And I, I wish that I knew everything there was to know about crypto asset inheritance planning. It is a huge topic, but I have absolutely dedicated the last uh, three years of my life to answering the question, what happens to my Bitcoin and Ether and CryptoKitties uh, when I die? And so, um, yeah, I, I, I wrote a book about it and I'm, this, is, this is my passion right now. And I'm thrilled to be here and, and talking with you about it. Awesome. So you've actually been in this space for a while, since I think 2014, right? That's, so you're basically a dinosaur in this space because most people <laughs> only got in in what, 20, 2017, 2018. So tell us, how'd you, how'd you get into all of this? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, for those of us who are lawyers, it's pretty ridiculous to think that you can be an expert in, in a certain area of anything in a matter of, you know, four years or five years. Um, but yeah, I, I have been working full time in Bitcoin and open blockchain since early 2014. Uh, I was my, my origin story. Uh, we all have one. Uh, but my origin story is that I was speaking at a conference in November of 2013, I was speaking at a conference called Disrupt Startup Scale Up, and it was about disruption. And I have a, a natural love for disruption. Uh, I'm, I'm very interested in how we can make systems better. And so I was speaking at that conference, and to be quite honest, it was super boring. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there was not a lot of actual disruptive talk. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm, you know, I'm losing minutes of my life here. I'm sitting in this conference. I'm bored out of my mind. This is not disruptive. Uh, and then a speaker took the stage and started talking about Bitcoin. And many of your listeners probably know this person. Uh, his name is Andreas M. Antonopoulos. And uh, the speech that he gave there is, is very well known in the industry now. Uh, it was an introduction to Bitcoin. And I remember sitting in the audience and thinking, if half of what this guy says is true, this technology might actually change the world. And I need to know way more about this. And so I left the conference and I started nerding out about Bitcoin and started learning everything I could. Um, I was specifically interested in multi-signature and um, an escrow and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, being a lawyer, I, I'm very interested in disintermediating third parties and making sure that people can't run away with other people's money. So, you know, the technology, <laughs> I, you know, the technology is, is, is very interesting to me. And so I started learning about that. And by early 2014, I decided to quit a job that I absolutely loved uh, and dedicate the next portion of my life to building a career and uh, in this industry and, and contributing what I could to a future that I want to see. 
So basically very that's that. <laughs> very cool. Well, let's jump right into it then. Um, sure. You know, I think when it came, comes to crypto state planning, there's there's a legal side and a technical side. So maybe let's let's tackle the legal side first. What is there that, you know, and I'm sure, and you've written chapters on this, but what should people know that isn't just like, oh, like you can do a trust, you can do a will? Yeah, I mean, so the, the, the interesting thing about crypto asset inheritance planning is that there are two sides to it and they are both, in my opinion, equally important. There is the access slash technical plan, which is answering the question from a practical perspective. How will my heirs actually access these assets? And then there's the legal side of it, which is, you know, how will my heirs access these assets in light of who I've given my keys to, <laughs> which is a very different thing in our industry. Um, mm. Many uh, non-lawyers think that it is a great idea to give their keys to their friends um, or to a single family member or uh, to a lawyer. And all of those ideas are terrible. Um, <laughs> as, as estate planning lawyers know, um, you know what, what typically happens with something like this is you are rolling the dice on having your family all get along, uh, be benevolent in their, in their grief, and basically say, okay, you know, my brother has the keys to my crypto, and my brother is now going to share that crypto equally as the law requires with all of the other heirs. And if you are one of the few people who have a super healthy and functional family, congratulations <laughs> to you. You are in the minority. Most people have, um, you know, what, what might be deemed, quote, dysfunctional. I think it's absolutely normal. I meet very few people who have, quote, unquote, normal families. Uh, usually there are you know, some sort of rift, some sort of disagreement, or people just, you know, aren't maybe at the same financial position. And so when we do traditional estate planning, like kick out the crypto for a second, when we do traditional estate planning, you know, we want to make sure that the person's wishes are carried out, right? That's why we write the will. That's why we put assets in trust to make sure that what someone wants to have happen to their assets will actually happen when they're gone. Unfortunately, many people in our industry um, don't follow that advice for their crypto assets. And so either they don't mention their crypto assets in their will, meaning they don't say, you know, and I also own Bitcoin <laughs> and I also own Ether, uh, or they don't properly fund their trust with them. And so these assets end up floating around outside of these, of these documents. Interesting. So you talked, you just talked about putting um, crypto into a trust. Um, is what's, what's the process around that? And then, you know, obviously people who own crypto, they still want to be able to trade it and do all these crazy things with it. Right. So is a trust going to impede them from, you know, their everyday, you know, crypto trading? Yeah. I want to clarify one thing that I said before, and then we'll get into trust. 
Um, when I talk about these items being left out of a will, you know, any, any good estate planning lawyer will put a, a residuary clause or a residual clause in the lawyer in the will that says, hey, anything we didn't talk about, you know, should be distributed in this way. The problem that I'm trying to highlight is that the actions of the crypto asset owner don't always align with what's actually in their will or with what the intestacy laws require. Does that make sense? Yes, but maybe do you want to just clarify a little bit that for our, 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 our listeners, just because, you know, some of them might be attorneys, but some of them might just be regular crypto folks who don't know that much about like estate planning and, and how all this intestacy stuff works. Sure. Law nerds. I love them. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, uh, let, let me back up really quickly and say, if you don't make a plan, if you don't make a will, if you don't have a trust, if you don't say what you want to have happen to your assets, don't worry. Every state in the United States and every country, um, mostly every country, has decided that for you. <laughs> and yeah. those are called intestacy laws, typically. They have other names, but basically it's when someone dies, quote, intested, which means without a will, without formally saying what they want to have happen to their assets. And so jurisdictions around the world have these, I call them default laws. And this is one of those default laws. You know, when you open up Google Docs and you start typing, you're like, what does Google Docs have to do with a will? I'm gonna tell you. You know, when you open up Google Docs and you stop, start typing, you just start typing. You don't think about the font. You don't think about whether it's bold or not, right? Until you need to make something bold. This is the same concept for those of you who aren't lawyers as, as wills and this sort of default law. If you open a Google document, if you open a Google Drive doc, the default font is Arial 11. Now you can change, <laughs> if you don't like Arial, if you want you know, Times New Roman or even Comic Sans, you can choose that. But in order to do that, you have to make an affirmative choice. You have to go up to the font bar and you have to select, you have to do something. And the law is often the same way. So for example, if you don't want the default law to decide where your assets go, um, which most default laws, dictate that your assets will go to your blood relatives, meaning that if you have a long-term domestic partner, they get nothing. If you have your best friend, they get nothing. If you want to give to a charity, nope, they get nothing. You have a dog that you want cared for or a cat, nope, no money for them. So if you want something other than that, if you want those people or those organizations to have something when you pass from your estate, you have to do something. You have to either write a will or you have to put your assets in trust. You must do something. Otherwise, the default law comes into play. You're at Arial 11 all day long. And you know, for some people that's fine. And for some people it isn't. And so that's why it's really important if you haven't thought about these things, not just for your crypto assets, but for your other assets, it's really important to, to take some time and kind of figure out, all right, I, I, I want to do these plans. And, and if you have people who depend on you, uh, who do not fall into the, the standard blood relation, um, you know, you might want to block out some time to do that now. Interesting. Okay. So I am a crypto holder. I don't want the state to decide. I want, I want to decide. So I, I have to either put together a will or trust. 
Yes. How do I choose which one? Oh, that's a great question. So, and I'm going to give you the lawyer answer. For those <laughs> of you who are listening who aren't familiar with lawyers, usually we never give you a straight yes or no, unless what you're doing is absolutely terrible. And then we say no. Um, <laughs> but um, the lawyer answer is that in the U.S., um, inheritance and, and estate planning laws are state by state, meaning that in order to understand what trusts are available to you, in order to understand what wills are available to you, and you know, in some states you can actually handwrite your own will, and that's completely valid. In other states, it's not valid. In some states, you know, they accept digital signatures, et cetera, et cetera. So unfortunately, the lawyer answer is, I can't tell you what is legal in your state right. or your jurisdiction. The good news is that it's relatively easy to find out what is available in your jurisdiction. And in my book, Crypto Asset Inheritance Planning, there's actually a chapter on how to find a lawyer, how to find a good estate planning lawyer, what questions to ask them, and also how to prepare for your meeting with your lawyer. And that can also be read as how to keep costs down. <laughs> so what information can you take to meet with your lawyer to make sure that you're not wasting time, valuable mm -hmm. time that you're paying for? Very cool. Interesting. So maybe we can just go back to the, the question I was talking about earlier, you know, for people who are like trading this stuff all day long, um, how, how can they make sure that they leave it to their loved ones? So this is, this is a difficult question. Um, there are a lot of people who like to trade, but there's also a lot of people who are holding these assets for, you know, investment purposes. And mm -hmm what those those different people have different interests and and different planning requirements um again i'm going to give you the lawyer answer which is there there's no cookie cutter answer for this right um, which is why and i hate to do this but, but this is why i wrote the book because what the book is is it walks you through step by step the questions that you need to ask yourself in order to build a plan that will work for you if you are using an exchange to trade you are most likely using a regulated exchange, meaning that, and a custodial exchange, meaning that they are actually holding your crypto assets for you. That also means that you don't actually own them. So they are a third party, they are a custodian, and they have a legal duty to protect those, you know, those assets. And most of the exchanges, in fact, I'm actually doing a research survey um, with exchanges throughout the world right now about their policies as they relate to inheritance planning, um, whether or not they've had clients die. Um, here's a preview. Almost all of them except for one have already had to deal with a client dying. <laughs> so wow, that's, I know that's, and, and some of them have had to deal with uh, more than a hundred so far. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, it, it is important for these exchanges and custodians to actually have some sort of processes in place. And right now, most of them are pretty ad hoc. You know, this isn't something yeah. that, this isn't something that's, that's on their roadmap. You know, they're trying to figure out how to add additional coins and deal with forks. They're not so excited yeah. about doing, you know, planning for when their clients die. Uh, but it is super important. And so a lot of them are now starting to develop processes and I'm helping many of them develop uh, best practices and processes so that they can help loved ones access these assets. So for those of you who are keeping your assets, you know, with uh, a third party custodian, uh, 
hopefully if you're in the U.S., you're dealing with a, a U.S. regulated entity. If you're dealing with someone who's overseas and not responsive to customer service, you know, <laughs> uh, might, might be a bit more challenging for your loved ones to actually access that, you know, those assets through uh, traditional means. Very interesting. And then for the folks that are just sitting there and, and, and holding crypto on their, their trays yeah. or their ledger and their, their hodlers, how about them? Yeah. So this is where things get, get interesting. And this is actually why I work in this industry because, you know, I, I believe that for, for traders right now, we don't really have a, a, a good alternative, a, a good decentralized alternative. But for people who are, you know, not actively trading, uh, I believe that people should control their own crypto assets. I think that's part of the, of the primary value proposition. And so when you're holding your own keys and you actually have a Trezor or a Ledger or something like that, you know, you have a responsibility to make sure that you can access those assets and then also to make sure that you have a plan in place to make sure that your loved ones will be able to access those assets. Now, here's the problem. There's, the, there's this conflict between security and survivability. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people say, hey, wait a minute. I'm not going to share my password with someone else. I'm not going to give them my Trezor. I'm not going to trust a third party. And they think that, that they have to trust a third party or give someone their keys in order to do inheritance planning. And that is simply not true. They don't have to hire a lawyer. You don't have to trust a single third party. There are really interesting ways that you can create a resilient, robust inheritance plan and make yourself even more secure in the process. So it's not an either or. It's not about, you know, never, ever, ever letting anyone else have access (laughs) to your crypto assets. It's about making a plan in a smart way so that your loved ones can access your assets when, when the time comes, but not before. What are some examples of, you know, things that people have done short of, let me give you my private keys? Oh, well, the worst thing people are doing right now is going to Reddit and asking for advice. <laughs> um, and what are good things, things not, not terrible things? <laughs> oh, well, I, I mean, I want, I want to address this, though, um, because I'm sure that, you know, if, if your listeners have heard, have thought at all about crypto asset inheritance planning or, or what they're going to do, the number one thing that people do is they cut up their seed words. So they go, okay, hey, I've got this treasure and I've got... 24 words, but I don't want anyone to find the 24 words. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut it up. I'm going to cut these words up and I'm going to give half to my mom and half to my cousin. And then nobody will be able to get them. And that is a terrible idea. And and I'm not going to go into all of the details about why, but it actually significantly reduces the security of that seed. There's a reason why there's a, there's a, a security trade-off when, when wallet companies are deciding how they're going to create the seed and whether or not they're going to use 12, 18, or 24 words. And what you want to do is add an additional security mechanism to those 24 words, like a passphrase, for example. 
mm-hmm. and not reduce the security by cutting up the words into pieces. So um, that's a terrible idea. It, listeners, if this is you, um, please, please go and get your seed words, put them together, you know, and, and, and do something else. You can put them in a, you know, it's a great idea to store your backups in a fireproof safe. Uh, it's a great idea to store them laminated or protected from water and fire. Um, you don't want to leave them laying around, you know, on your desk. Most people wouldn't do that anyway. Uh, so, you know, there, there are a few simple things that, that people can do to make themselves more secure and more resilient. And I, I've written a, a letter to loved ones template to get people started on inheritance planning. And it's available on Medium. It's available on my website. It's available in both English and Spanish. And it's free. And it is literally a template that says, Dear loved one, if you're reading this letter, it's because I want you to know I have crypto assets. Be careful because anyone who helps you retrieve them might steal them from you. (laughs) And it goes on to explain what your loved ones would need to know if you weren't around to help them. Is it 100% guarantee that with this letter, your loved ones will be able to, you know, to actually access your crypto assets? No, nothing in life is 100% guarantee. Um, But is it pretty much guaranteed that if you don't have the letter, your family won't be able to access your crypto assets? Yeah, unless your security sucks. So, so, you know, if you have decent security, you do need to do some sort of some sort of inheritance plan if you care about your loved ones actually being able to inherit your crypto assets. Very good. So lessons learned so far. Don't give your private keys to any individual and don't cut up the words. So what are some examples of things that you think are a much better idea? Well, a much better idea really depends on you. It depends on you. It depends on your family. It depends on your technical ability. You know, a lot of times I see people suggesting these outrageously difficult uh, air-gapped machine with, um, you know, a Faraday cage and all, and and you know a, a bootable Linux system, and all of these things, and that's awesome if you are actually comfortable and able to execute that. That's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But for the sure. vast majority of people, right, that is an unattainable goal. And so what happens is people do nothing. So, what can you do today? How can you, you know, what, what, what should you do? You should consider writing your letter to loved ones. If you don't want to do it right now, let's say you're busy, you're driving, whatever, um, add a calendar reminder to come back to this next week. And you can do it for free, set aside an hour or two and say, hey, what is it that I have? What are the assets that I have? Who do I want to leave them to? You know, what do they, what do they need to know? do a quick asset inventory. There are tons of tools on my website. There are tons of tools uh, available for free. And, you know, if you like those tools and you want to learn more, uh, I published a book earlier in, oh, we're already in 2019. Oh my gosh. Um, I published a book almost a year ago now uh, in April of last year of 2018. And it's called Crypto Asset Inheritance Planning a simple guide for owners. And it is literally that. It is what you would get if you were to hire me and say, hey, Pamela, 
can you help me build a plan? And the book is me walking you through in a conversational tone. It's not written for lawyers, although lawyers have been reading it and learning a lot about this industry from it. Um, it is written for everyday people who have you know, average technical ability, who are interested in this technology, either you know, for, for their future, for their family's future, um, and, and, and want a simple and easy way to make sure that their family can inherit these assets. Fantastic. Is there anything else our listeners should know? Oh, there's so much more they should know. <laughs> um, I could talk about the, the, this stuff all day long, and I bet people have a lot of questions. Um, what else should you know? You should know that this is doable, that you can actually do this, that you don't have to wait to hire a lawyer to do this. As, as we talked about earlier, Amy, you know this, this whole crypto asset inheritance planning thing, there's two sides to it. There's an access plan, and I, I call the access plan the technical plan, um, which is you know, the question of, from a practical perspective, how will your heirs actually find your keys? How will they actually access your crypto assets? And guess what? You don't need a lawyer to do that. In fact, very few lawyers today could actually help walk you through those steps. So you can get started on your access plan today and then start integrating that into a legal plan if you decide that you need it. For those of you listeners who already have a legal plan, you already have a will, you already have a trust, you already have something like that, you can still start doing the access plan. And then you should contact your lawyer and say, hey, what do you know about these crypto asset things? Because I have a bunch of them. <laughs> and, and see what they say and have them help you integrate those into your existing will, your existing trusts. Um, are there any tips from your books that you think would be, you know, very, very relevant or very interesting for listeners? Yeah, I mean, I hope so. Um, you know, we, I, I talk a lot about dispelling the myths uh, of, you know, what, what this actually is. Um, I talk a lot about finding safe locations to store your keys I talk a lot about um, other ways other than cutting up your seeds. So for example, uh, using multi-signature, um, using Shamir's secret sharing, which is something that will hopefully be coming to market in a uh, practical and reasonable way in the next couple of years in a standardized way. Um, for those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, don't worry about it. <laughs> you don't need to know. Um, and, you know, using advanced security features on your wallets, like passphrases, um, and how you can actually do that in a way that is easy, that's easy for you to remember, that is secure, but also will allow you to have a crypto asset inheritance plan that will result in your family being able to access these assets. Awesome. Fantastic. I loved all the tips at the end. Great. So how can folks who want to follow you, read your stuff, how can they find you? You can find me at Empowered Law, E-M-P-O-W-E-R-E-D-L-A-W, empoweredlaw.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, on crypto Twitter, at Pamela Law, J-D, get it? 
you're a lawyer, you do. If, you, if you're not, you're like, what? <laughs> but Pamela JD on Twitter. And you can find my book, uh, Crypto Asset Inheritance Planning on Amazon. It's available in ebook and paperback. If you buy the paperback, you get the ebook for free. It's also available on audiobook, and that is narrated by the ever-fantastic Stephanie Murphy. If you don't know her, you should. She's a co-host of the Let's Talk Bitcoin podcast and a, and a voice actress and, and an outstanding human being. And you can read an excerpt or listen to an excerpt for free uh, on Amazon. So I encourage you to go and take a look at that. If you're not sure if this book is for you, there's an FAQ on the Amazon site and hopefully it will answer your question so that you can figure out whether or not this book is right for you. Okay, great. Sounds good. Thanks so much for joining us on this show. Thanks for having me. All right, take care. <laughs>